Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 115. She beats single-digit odds on her terms naturally. Hey, loves, I am so delighted to be here with you this week as I am every week. And I have something really special for you. I just love how generous and kind all of my Fearlessly Fertile ladies are in sharing their stories because that's actually how we can see the possibility in our own lives is through story. So when you hear my interview with my beloved Karen, I really want to invite you to think about what she is sharing from the perspective of how can this apply in my life? How can I take this amazing woman's story of triumph after loss, after heartbreak, after being given scary statistics, how can I take this woman's inspiration and use it in my life? Because if you're listening to this podcast today and you're in a place where you are really having a hard time wrapping your head around the possibility in your life, like how am I ever going to get to my baby? This is why you have to turn up the stories on this podcast. These stories are like, I was describing this on Instagram the other day where I was talking about how take these stories from this podcast, like the berries in a box of crunch berries, uh, you know, and, and really savor them. Like pick these out and ask yourself, how can I create these results in my own life? How can I use these other women's stories to inspire me to see that this is possible for me? Because that's going to be one of the best things that you can do with stories like Karen's and every other woman that has been on this podcast. They are wise teachers. So learn the lessons. Because what you're going to hear is that Karen beat single digit odds. After the tragic loss of a 17 week pregnancy, Karen really saw that she was in a tailspin. She had really become someone that she did not love. And you're going to hear how this woman had the presence of mind to say to herself, I want something different. I want to do this journey differently. And she took a stand for doing things on her terms. It was her dream to become a mom naturally. And that is what exactly what this woman did. So when you're listening to Karen's story, I really want you to think about yourself and the possibility in your own life. So here's my inspiring interview with Karen. So my love, oh my gosh. So we're here. Neither one of us can believe we're having, well, we, we, I think we can and we can't believe that we're having this conversation. So let's start off with you telling the women listening how you found yourself on this journey. Yeah, so... um. I always wanted to have kids. 
And I met my husband at 23 and we married at 25 and we just were really transient and it wasn't even a question at that point. But then when I was 28, I got the itch, you know, (laughs) I was just like really feeling it. And, um, and at that point we were still really transient, but I was thinking, oh, whatever, you know, I'm ready, but he wasn't. And I only bring that up now because I didn't realize it at the time, but it did come up later on in the journey. (laughs) So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Four years later, we're like, we're settled and we start trying, but totally, I guess, ignorantly just, you know, we thought the basics, you just don't not try and, (laughs) or or don't, don't try not to. (laughs) And, um, anyway, so then we didn't get pregnant and like a year went by, um, and my doctor was like, Oh, you're healthy. You just need to relax. Um, have you been tracking your cycles, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was like, eh, not really, I could do better at that, I guess. And so I started doing that. And all the while, like my frustration is building up and I'm seeing a lot of people getting pregnant. And so then I ended up pregnant. So about a year and eight months after starting to not try not to get pregnant. (laughs) And um, that baby died in the womb. And I had a, a, like a stillbirth at 17 weeks. And that was really devastating. And it was also really, it just really brought all kinds of negativity to the surface, you know, and I started comparing myself a lot more to people after that. And I just kind of went into this like funk without realizing it. And um, when I left the hospital, everyone was saying, oh, you were pregnant, you'll get pregnant again. And we even had been working with a midwife and we left our deposit with her because we were like, we're going to get pregnant again. Um, Oh, I love that. I love that. That's such a gangster move right there. Like you didn't even tell me about that girl. And so I I love hearing that. I forgot until I needed that deposit (laughs) five years later. Um, So anyway, we, we, um, we, you know, kept trying or whatever, and I wasn't getting pregnant. And then just the frustration like built up more and more. And I, I was not myself. I wasn't happy, of course. Um, but I also wasn't like nice. (laughs) I wasn't, you know. (laughs) Okay. So because I know you, I have a hard time fucking believing that, but at this, because you're like all serene and like Karen, like, but, but say more about that because, you know, it takes a lot of courage. You're being super courageous right now. And I want to acknowledge that. But it takes a lot of courage for somebody to admit that they're not themselves and they're not exactly being nice. Yeah, I wasn't. I was, I was, well, I was competitive in ways that I, that shocked me. I wasn't like open and supportive of people 
in the way that I am. And maybe I am like Jen, you know, maybe more than other people would be regularly, but it just wasn't me. I, I wasn't doing it anyway. And, and I felt really isolated and I felt really anxious and I felt really just bitter. I felt bitter. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I think I just kind of, um, I was mean to like my husband, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, I wasn't like mean really to the outside world, but I just wasn't nice to, I wasn't, I just wasn't nice. I wasn't my cheery, like supportive. I want to, you know, like empower everybody kind of person. And, um, and that I think was probably the most, one of the most devastating realizations by the time I got to some kind of realization. And, but that took like four years. And looking back, I realize now that a huge part of that was as the time went on and we weren't getting pregnant and I saw different doctors and they were all giving this infertility diagnosis and I didn't feel infertile and I'm very connected with my body as a way of life. And I, I did not feel infertile. And even though I didn't necessarily feel fertile, I didn't feel infertile. (laughs) So there's such heaviness to that. Isn't there like, it's, it's like wearing a giant no. Yeah. It's like wearing a giant. No, it's like, you feel like you're in jail and you have no idea why you're in jail, you know, and you don't know what you did to get there. And you're, and all those questions are going on all the time. Well, I mean, there's a reason why I refuse to use that word. Right. To give it any power, but I totally get what you're talking about because that's a heavy, heavy burden. It is. And it was so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. it was so confusing for me between my body, like feelings, my feelings, and then what I was being told and then therefore telling myself. <laughs> and it, it just created this. And, and I didn't recognize that at the time. I'm, you know, I can look back and, and recognize that I was just in this huge state of confusion. And because I'm really interested in the health sciences and things like that. I was searching and searching for answers. And then I would get into that, what you call analysis paralysis, which I love that term (laughs) because I was like, you know, and then that, that state is like a very quick shoot downward to like total devastation and, you know, depression. So, yeah. So then randomly, um, I found your podcast. I started listening to it and I was just so, I think, you know, the way that you say the desire in your heart is there because it was meant for you. It turned my world around. It was like the antidote to all that confusion that I was feeling. And I didn't believe it honestly, like right away, you know, but it, gave me that feeling of like, there's hope. And so I 
kept listening to your podcast. You mean it didn't scare you away? <laughs> no, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And my husband loved it too. And we would like coach each other, you know, using cuss words and stuff like that when we needed to. <laughs> it was very you, gotta pull out, you gotta pull out your imaginary prosecutor. Yeah. <laughs> and like start, you know, start doing that. Oh, oh yeah. My gosh, we, I, I love that your husband was listening. Oh yeah. Well, because I would just listen to it like in the house when I was doing stuff and he would be around and then he would be like, oh, what's Roseanne talking about today? You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then with other things in our life, we would kind of be like, where's your hell? Yes. Or, or whatever. And I even one day was talking to a friend and she was kind of at the beginning stages, deciding to go into this big project. And and I said, well, you got to find your hell yes. And she's like, what's that? And, you know, I told her about you and, and what you talk about with the hell yes. And, and she was like, well, let me hear your hell yes. And it was so weak. My, I was like, yeah, my hell yes was like. <laughs> it was like, it was borderline hell maybe. And you know how much I hate hell maybe. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> And she was like, okay, you got to work on that. And I, and I kept listening to your podcast. It was probably like another, gosh, going through timelines, blah, like <laughs> another, like, I don't know, four months or something. And I just, I really like listened to it with this intention of building up my hell yes. And then one day I was listening to it and I was doing dishes and I asked myself, where's your hell yes or something? And, and it was so strong. I was like, hell yes. And <laughs> so I signed up for your program. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and it was so funny. Like I, what was interesting is like, well, and I like to take a couple steps back. Like, what was it that clicked in you that said something needs to change? Yeah, it was having four in the morning panic attacks about nothing. Like nothing actually was happening. I just, you know, had these several times that I would wake up at four in the morning with like a literal panic attack, you know, my heart pounding and kind of feeling like everything was way too intense and feeling trapped in that. And I mean, luckily I had known some tools like of just recognizing this is a panic attack and breathing and stuff. And and that calmed me down. But I, I was like, why am I having panic attacks? Like mm. nothing's attacking me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and then also just feeling sad that I wasn't as present as I wanted to be for joyous occasions. That was another <gasps> big one. I am so glad you tapped into that because I remember legitimately from our very first conversation, how important that was to you. Yeah. You didn't say it in quite that way, but presence was really important to you. So, so let's take a step back because I want to make sure that I got the timeline right. So you guys were trying for four years. You got pregnant, your baby passed. And then was it another, like, how long was it after your baby passed that you made these realizations? Yeah. So it was two years and then we had the miscarriage and then- got it four years before 
I signed up for your program. <laughs> so you were on the journey for six years by the time that we met. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, that says so much about you though, that, that at six years, you were still willing to ask yourself, how can I do this differently? Like that's huge. Being willing to, to reevaluate where you're at is huge. Like, have you ever stopped to give yourself credit for that? Because a lot of people, if they've been doing something for that amount of time, they might not be willing to reevaluate or revisit or ask questions. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I never thought of that because I just was in that state where I knew something had to change. So, mm -hmm. and I, and I knew it was my mind somehow, like I just intuitively had that feeling. And, and when I heard your podcast, I was like, this is what I need. I know this is what I need. But then I listened to your podcast for almost a year, I guess, before I actually signed up. <laughs> You're like, I got to get off the bench. I got to get off the bench and I got to see what this crazy lady is like in this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just, I didn't think I could do it until I got that hell yes. That was like really strong. And then I was like, okay, I've got it. Now, how do I do it? How, like how, what, you know? So let's talk about like, what were some of your, the biggest things you noticed happening for you? Because you're so in tune. You're so in tune. You're a person that is very observant. I mean, that, that's what I know about you. Sometimes you're quiet and you'll watch the room. You know, you'll, you're super observant in that way. So I'm dying to know from your perspective, what you notice changing in you. You mean throughout your program? It, throughout this period time? of time, like, you know, program and otherwise, like. Well, it's really hard for me to say how I strengthened the hell yes. I feel like it was time and just, just that intention. Mm -hmm. uh, but once I got into the program, I did all the things. Like I thought I had done all the things before, you know, <laughs> with like the acupuncture and the diet and, you know, all the, all that kind of stuff, all the tracking. And maybe I should just say for the listeners that like my dream was to have a baby naturally. Yes. That was just, I had to like, and that was also a huge thing that you empowered in me was that I could do that because all of the medical professionals were all kind of pushing me into surgeries and hormone therapies and stuff. And I just, it was again, that thing within myself of like, no, that what's right. I can feel what's right for me. And, and then having that conflict of what I'm being told and so you really, just you being like, you can have your baby and you can have it the way that you want to. It was, that was a huge affirmation for me. And then once, once I was in the program, it was like, it was just this really intense kind of psycho spiritual journey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember like two or three or maybe even four modules into the program. I literally felt crazier than I did when I started the program. I like, I didn't know what was up from down. Shaking up your paradigm, sister. Yeah, really, really. Yeah. And I, th I remember I said like, 
is it normal to feel a little crazy or something like that? And you're like, what's your question? (laughs) (laughs) Which is so good because, um, because you always had this way of kind of like keeping it on track and like snapping me out of it. I mean, I was like paralyzed about finding a new gynecologist and you were like, make a list of your, you know, guy of gynecologists in your area and then just start calling. <laughs> it was like the the most simplest thing, right? And I, I just felt like, okay, I am so far gone that like even that isn't coming to me. <laughs> no, no, but you know, but I love that you're sharing this, the humility with which you're sharing this, because this is what we do to ourselves. This is what we do to ourselves as women when we spin. We make the simplest shit, the most in, you know, cause like, I want to go back to something that you said, because it dovetails really beautifully into this. You knew exactly what you wanted, Karen. You wanted to do this naturally. And what's so funny is like, it's so obvious. It's like when you step into acknowledging what your dream is and the way that you want to do something. And you say that, hell yes, that you're like, I'm going to figure this shit out. I don't, I don't quite know exactly how, but I'm going to figure this out. Then you start to open a path to clarity so that when you recognize like, hey, this is actually just as simple as me making this list, like giving yourself that permission to do it your way, despite what other people are saying, you'll take the love. I mean, they're being loving and giving you their opinion. But you knew in your soul what you wanted. Yeah. And I think that when we don't make that distinction, it will create chaos. It will create crazy in us so that we can't see what is so obviously in front of us. Yeah. So you felt a little crazier than what? <laughs> then I, I, I don't know. I just kept going with the program. <laughs> and little by little things started sifting themselves out. I started feeling more empowered about boundaries. That was huge for me. Love. I love my boundaries. Now I just wrote you that. I love my boundaries. I, I was so afraid of them. Just, you know, it's like what you say is like, they can be really scary. They, it was really scary for me, like in my head, setting a boundary with somebody was like putting up barbed wire fences, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> and having to speak that out. And and that was really scary. But really, um, once I said to myself, this is my boundary with this person, it happened very organically with each person. I mean, some people I never even had to say it. It just kind of like happened just because my my boundary was there for, you know, in front of me. And I was aware of that. And a few people I said like, no, this conversation is not, I don't want to have this conversation, but most, most of the boundaries that I needed to set were just very simple. I mean, they, they happened very simply and, and without a big struggle, which is what I thought they were going to be. And and then what happened from setting those boundaries? Well, you know what happened? I loved your, I love your image of the, the velvet rope. And yes. I didn't like it at first. 
I when I when I first I actually read that in your book and I didn't like it. And then I I um did it in the program with you and I had that same reaction at first. And then I realized that it's because I wasn't putting myself in the VIP room. I was, yeah, I know that was a big, that was a big moment. <laughs> it was, it was like, oh my gosh, I I actually am in the VIP room here and I can put up this velvet rope for these people, you know, to to kind of stand on the other side. And it I think more than what I thought was hap- what was going to happen when I set up boundaries of pushing people away, m- what what really happened was that I got closer to myself and I felt more empowered. I felt more like the VIP that wow. I needed to be. Yeah, so that was a big moment. That is huge. And I love the way you put that. Like, wait a minute, because you thought that was like setting you apart from everyone else in a negative way, as opposed to you were the VIP and like setting this boundary. I mean, that's a huge transformation. I mean, that's a 180. Yeah. In 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 that perspective. So you learned about your hell yes. You became more empowered. You're building these boundaries, learning to get some clarity so you can do the simple things, you know, that you like stepping into what you actually want. What do you think was the biggest shift overall for you? Do you think it was the boundaries or do you think it was something else? Hmm. Yeah, I think it was something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so It's hard to say the biggest, but there was like a couple of real big moments. One was like looking back at, at my life and my childhood and facing some traumas and, you know, real, even really small things like you and I talked about that incident with my little owl pillow, my little stuffed animal (laughs) owl when I was little, which is like, you know, the way, maybe the way my parents had handled that was just, you know, the way that a gazillion parents would handle that situation. It didn't make them bad parents or anything, but for some reason it had such a strong effect on me. And just being able to recognize that, which I, I still didn't have the clarity to understand, but you really helped me in that moment by saying, like, you deserve what you want. And, and I was so vulnerable in that space of being that little four-year-old or six-year-old or whatever. And then you stepped in and, and started saying those things like, you deserve what you want, what you want matters. There's always another way we can take that out of the trash and repair it, you know, that is an example of a couple other things that I kind of went through with myself and with a a couple of close friends where I just really faced some things that I needed to look at that I didn't realize were kind of like, I was like carrying them around. It was, it was like baggage. Um, Isn't it incredible? I mean, it never ceases to amaze me how these things become blocks, how we really get stuck based on the experiences that we have. And when we can go back and reclaim those things and see them from a different perspective, we create an entirely new path for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like in that moment, my path was really opening up. 
I, I felt like the visualization that you had us do of like being pregnant and then visualizing yourself as a mom was really challenging for me. And then it became so much easier as I started opening up and, and letting go of a lot of that baggage and, and just recognizing who I was and embracing it. Like I am that person who had all those experiences and look at me now I'm in the VIP room. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so, so talk to me about implementing the things that you learned and what came next for you. Like what was next for you on your journey? Like as you started making this a part of your life? Yeah, I just kept it up. I kept visualizing. I kept I kept looking to nature for signs. Your the module on uh, what was it? Um like letting basically letting Gus take care of when and how. That was also very opening for me and Oh, the whole time also, I was really meditating on surrender. And that was a big theme during the time that I was going through. You know, you were talking about surrender to a lot of people in our group. And um, so I just, I don't know, I guess I just felt like having that intention of being more surrendered, giving up the timeline to Gus even giving up how it was going to happen. Like, even though I knew that I probably never would, I shouldn't say never, but I, I, I wasn't ready to go to fertility treatments at the time, but kind of just letting go of the gripping of that, all of that really kind of all together as a soup, I guess. Can you <laughs> um, believe you did that though? That's kind of the holy grail before we have our babies to get to the point where you can release some of it and you can surrender because you know, you already know this, but you know, that surrender is not giving up. It's, it's something far more subtle than that. What was it for you? Yeah. I mean, I know, I knew that intellectually for sure, but I certainly wasn't living that way at the time. And I remember, I remember even having a like a fight with my husband that wasn't really like a fight. I was just really anxious and gripping. And I, you know, everything about our life was depending on, or like somehow anchored to this, like, I need to have this baby, you know? And (laughs) it's so sexy, Karen, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. There was a lot of not sexy about me at that time. And then he said his response was like, you like, I, I want to do this, of course. And, and I believe that babies come in the right situation. And it was like, he said all the perfect things about how babies come to us. And it was like, he said, you just, we need to let go of this gripping. And he said, I can't take this gripping anymore. And it was like, in that moment, I saw, like, I saw that surrender, but I was still so, this was only like three weeks into the program with you. And I, I still felt so like caught up in the gripping and like gripped by the gripping that 
I didn't know how to surrender. And yeah, it just was like keeping that intention and going through all the things. I mean, I did the only thing that I never did was put up a dream board, but instead I put pictures all around our room of mothers and babies that, <laughs> you know, that I loved because that was just what worked for me and different, you know, little statues of pregnant goddesses and things like that. And, and that's what worked for me. And, and then, um, I also did clear passage. Oh yeah. So, so what happened is along my journey, I had an HSG at some point earlier and one of my fallopian tubes was blocked. That's what the diagnosis was. And then of course they didn't have any resolutions for me, (laughs) you know, they're, and they were like, well, you have one, you'll still get pregnant. And two years later, I'm still not getting pregnant and whatever. So I had heard of clear passage doing my frantic research right after the HSG, but I had read all these doctors online that said, nothing except surgery can unblock a fallopian tube and you have to find out why. And my doctor wasn't finding out why it was blocked. And I, and I had a type of injury from the HSG actually, like this pain on the side where the blockage was. And they didn't, there was nobody to say anything about that. Finally, one endocrinologist said that probably my tube or something spasmed. And so it wasn't a true blockage, but then he was also the one that told me that I had less than 10% chance of getting pregnant naturally. And so it was like, for a moment, I felt like we've got to win. And then, you know, he laid that, that on me. And when I told him like, no, I don't want to go through this, these fertility treatments, he was just kind of like, uh, um, well, I really want you to have a family. So I would think, I think you should consider it. And, you know, <laughs> Aaron, I mean, like, are you like, think about who you had to become to look past that though. Yeah. I think that's truly extraordinary because if we take a look back, so you were trying for two years, you got pregnant, baby passed, trying for years after that, the gripping is going crazy. Your marriage is impacted. You are impacted not being the woman that you know you can be. Like all of this stuff, digging up all of this stuff about yourself and then slowly start, and and then having a less than 10% chance on top of that, allegedly, allegedly, you know, having a legitimate, you know, issue going on with your tube for whatever reason, you found a way to look past all of that and still say hell yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it's just determination, (laughs) like, you know, and, and you honestly, your little tagline of the desire in your heart is there because it was meant for you. Like I held on to that. Like it was my lifesaver. I really did. I said that to myself over and over and over again for those first few months that I listened to your podcast. And And then I, around the same time that I was like really ready to sign up for your program, there was a woman on your podcast who said, I think, I can't remember her name, but she had kinky tubes. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Catherine. Yeah. 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 And I, and so a little bit 
of ways into your program. I called them up. COVID lockdown going on and everything like that. I went down to Detroit and and that was right by the time I got the appointment, that was right at the the second to last module in your program. And I can't say exactly like it's, you know, maybe it's all physical and clear passage opened me up and and that's what helped me get pregnant only like three months later. But what I felt like in myself was that going through your program and you guiding me into that inner search and that inner cleansing and that like mental but also spiritual growth of myself. And then having this deep tissue, like reorganization of my organs, basically, that really facilitated even more of that opening that I had already started with you. And when I was done with your program and then, and the way they kind of converged together at the end, I, I was like taking walks like really feeling like I had my baby strapped to me and like, what you know, and I, and I visited, we live in a rural area and we were able to bring our baby home, the one that we lost. And, and um, so it's buried here at our place. And I would just visit the grave and like, not feel so ashamed and not feel so trapped, but feel like that. I, I felt like this the spirit of that child really had passed on and and wasn't held anymore in my grief and my self-doubt and you know all that stuff i mean this is such a you know karen what i you know you know from having been through the program and and you know all of this is about covering your bases mind and body because we treat these things as if they're two separate things. When in reality and in truth, and you're living proof of it, it is a dance. Oh, yeah. It is a symphony of these things that come together because think about you were the foundation of all of this. If you had not been willing to take a stand for doing this your way and trusting yourself, building that trust, building your boundaries, bringing different people into your bump squad that could help facilitate you getting what you want, all of these things come together. If you hadn't been willing to do that, who knows where you'd be today? Yeah, probably still devastated and mean and unhappy. Bitter, 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 more bitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we never, we can never, you know, it's very difficult to ever put your finger on one thing, which is why we don't, we embrace all of it and why, you know, really intelligent women are, are willing to look at this from all angles and say, these things work together. And here's what I know to be true. I am the bottom line here. I am the foundation of all of this who I am, who I am in my relationships, how I show up to this journey. Because you, frankly, Karen, made all the difference. Yeah. And I think I knew that somewhere. And that's what I was searching for. Because I remember when 
my brother, bless his heart, it was the nicest thing. He called me, and this was before I started your program, but he wanted to give me names of fertility doctors that some of his friends had worked with. And he lives in New York State, and I live in Michigan. (laughs) So he, you know, he was like really stretching, but I just was like, I was not responsive really. And all that I could say was that I wanted to do, you know, things this, you know, my way and this way. And he didn't really understand. And he was saying, you know, just like that fertility doctor, I want you to have a family. I want you to be happy, which was really nice. But I realized like what he wasn't seeing was that I was the the main ingredient. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, and when you get that, you beat odds like less than 10% because yeah. they don't know you. They don't know Karen. They don't know what's in your heart. And like all of the people that are invited into your bump squad, you know, we're all on the same page saying Karen wants what she wants. How can this happen? So, you know, I think you deserve a lot of credit and you're such a, being such an amazing teacher right now to everyone listening that all of these pieces matter. You yeah. being the primary one. Right. And what yeah, you think. Yeah, and what you think and what you believe because based on what you think and what you believe, you will make choices down the road because you had to be open to doing the procedure that you did. You could yeah. have had any some crazy judgment on that that wasn't based in any reality. But your heart was open, you were committed to doing things naturally, that was your dream, and you did it didn't you? I did it. (laughs) I have a baby. (laughs) Three months after. I mean, like, can you believe that? Can you believe how quickly this baby came when you were aligned in your thinking and aligned in your action? Like what I said, no. And yes, like, no, I can't believe it because I spent so long not believing it and being so skeptical. And yes, I can believe it because I can trace back my mindset and, and my openness and my surrender along the path to up until the day that we conceived. And wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And how far along are you now? Um, 22 weeks and we were having a healthy baby girl. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All that feminine energy in you. It makes so much sense. You're having a girl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, that was another big part of the puzzle, having to reclaim the feminine energy too. <laughs> yes. See, you all, you did the work, girl. You I did all of it. <laughs> and I love it. I mean, I love it. I wrote, I mean, what I wrote to you is that you mothered me into motherhood. And I really, I really feel that way, Roseanne. <laughs> I mean, yes, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I received that. I receive that from you because it means everything to me coming from you, somebody who, you know, who did the work. And isn't it funny how very strong women can come together in the way that we do to create this new, entirely new experience? Like you have so much that you're going to be able to teach this baby girl, this daughter about her own being and who she can become. Mm. Like, this is why I always say that this, even though we, you know, we don't like to hear this initially, but this journey can be such a gift if you allow it to be. 
Yeah. No, I feel that I'm like such a better person than I was before having gone through all of it. I'm, I'm such a better friend. I'm a better wife. I'm a better teacher. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Karen. Well, so, so I'm going to ask the question I always love to ask, like, what would you tell the women listening all over the world who may be facing less than 10% odds or have had loss, have been devastated in the past? Like, what would you want them to know from your perspective and your unique experience? Okay. Besides sign up for your program and do all the things, (laughs) I think that that you are the VIP and I'll just, can I, if I can just share one more experience. Um, and I think I got this exercise from your podcast, but it was during the program and it was writing down your, what you, the way you see yourself as a mom. And it was like, right for, you know, 15 minutes. It wasn't just like scribble a few things. (laughs) And I remember doing that. And, um, the first like five minutes I was writing down, you know, a lot of the superficial things and then the timer was still going. And so I kind of dug a little deeper and I wrote about this ideal mother that I felt for myself. And then I had this really weird experience a few days later it was a totally other circumstance when I found myself up late at night praying for somebody else's safety. And, and I was praying so hard. And then I realized like, it hit me really strongly that this like entity that I was praying to this energy was the same energy that I was writing about when I was writing about my ideal mother, you know, myself as an ideal mother. And it was just this strong realization that, you know, God is within us and that we're projecting our ideal. And that's because we are the ideal. Mm. That was like so (laughs) huge for me too. And yeah, so I guess what I would want to share with everybody is that we are the ideal. You, You already are. Wow. Ideal. And wow. go for it. <laughs> and hell yes. And, and hell say yes. hell yes, right? Right. Show <laughs> your hell yes. Well, oh my goodness, Karen. Like, this is why, like, just being in your presence and being in the presence of other women who are as bold as you, all of the women, like, it is such a gift. And, and it is such an incredible thing for me as an observer to watch a woman step into her dream because that's truly what you did. This is a process of becoming and you allowed this. And now you're 22 weeks pregnant, baby girl, beat the odds, living a different way. Like, bravo. Like what a testament to who you have become and what is possible on this journey. And I could not be more grateful to share this space with you, to have been trusted by you, to be invited into your journey, to be part of your bump squad. So thank you, Karen, like from 
the deepest part of my heart. Thank you. And, and thank you for the generosity that you have shared with us here, because there's no question that by you living your dream, you're going to inspire another woman somewhere in the world to live hers. Mm-hmm. So thank I you. Hope so I hope so. Yes. Thank you, Roseanne. I'm just, I'll be just forever honored to have known you and to do your work. And I just am so happy that you're doing your work in the world. It's awesome. Loves, I don't know how you could have made it through Karen's story without shedding a tear. Wow. Can you see what is possible on this journey? Can you see what is possible in your life when you learn to think, believe, and take action like a woman who succeeds on this journey? Can you see how powerful you can be and what an influence you can have in your own life when you start to think strategically, when you trust yourself, when you learn to use your intuition and take a stand for your vision of motherhood? It's incredible what happens when you do. If you want to learn what I taught Karen, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. They beat crazy odds. And the results? speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.